This is Chuck from Above the Basement, Boston Music and Conversation. You were just listening to Year of the Woman, a new single by the band Dispatch, also known as the biggest band no one has ever heard of. This despite the huge following and many, many loyal fans they continued to have even after a long hiatus that began in 2004. Just before that hiatus, that is now over, Chadwick Stokes started another band out of Boston called State Radio, which allowed him to continue his personal musical journey as well as satisfy his itch to be more vocal on social issues. To that end, in 2008, Chad and his amazing wife, Sybil Gallagher, founded Calling All Crows, the social activist organization that brings their commitment to hands-on service and activism on the road. They work with musicians, fans, and nonprofits to better the lives of women locally and globally. Their current focus is preventing sexual violence at shows and festivals through their Here for the Music campaign, which has trained over 1,700 musicians, venue and festival staff, industry professionals, and fans to date. Chad and Sybil are about to celebrate their 12th annual benefit concert in support of Calling All Crows at the House of Blues on Saturday, December 21st, 2019. Performing with his band, The Pintos, money raised at the concert will help channel the power of live music toward community change for women and girls. Tickets for the concert are $36 and up and are available at LiveNation.com. We got to sit down with both Sybil and Chadwick, along with my guest co-host Christina Latino at Woods Hill at Pier 4 in Boston, where we had another amazing dinner. For a quick plug, Chef Charlie Foster provides Woods Hill Pier 4 guests with food that is both flavorful and sustainable. All elements of the restaurant demonstrate the high quality that can only be achieved through complete dedication to both craft and thoughtful sourcing. Woods Hill Pier 4 joins the restaurant family of Woods Hill Table and its sibling Mexican concept, Adelita, in Concord, Massachusetts. Located at 300 Pier 4 Boulevard in Boston, you can get more information at 617-981-4577 or at woodshillpier4.com. So, we talked about their mission how live music venues should be a safe place for women and how we all share responsibility in making changes to improve the lives of women and girls around the world. Oh, and we also talked a little music and got a few live songs from Chadwick. So here is our conversation with Chadwick Stokes and Sybil Gallagher recorded at Woods Hill Pier 4 in Boston, Massachusetts. So how long is this piece? We'll talk uh, until we're hungry. <laughs> oh boy! They said, uh, "God only knows what yeah, we're doing." Yeah, yeah. will get crankier and crankier as yeah. everybody gets hungrier and hungrier. But yeah, so yeah, angry we'll, and we'll, angry. We'll, finish, yeah, we'll finish around five o'clock. Cool. And, um, I know you have been uh, emailing with Chuck, but I just wanted to introduce myself quickly. So I'm, I'm Christina. Yes, I didn't. No, it's all good. I'm uh, Christina, and I'm a local artist manager in town, and get to co-host these every now and then. So. Nice. Cool. Yeah. But she's also, you've also worked a little bit with Calling All Crows, correct? Well, 
I have attended a Calling All Crows service event before a show years ago, I think at Paradise Rock Club. Nice, okay. nice. Um, Thank you yeah. for joining us. Oh my God, yeah. I loved it. It was um, something that really bonded, actually, me and two, my two best friends uh, kind of coming up into college and stuff. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I met a Calling All Crows volunteer or leader at the Rock and Roll Rumble last year. Oh, what? Nice. Yeah. Talking about... Kim. Yeah. Oh, Kim, yeah. Yeah. You're, um, She's our executive director now. Yes. Yeah. She was... Yeah. We had a great She's conversation. Awesome. Kim Warnick? Cool. Warnick, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's a superstar. She's a powerhouse. Yeah. yeah. She's great. And it was, you know, you walk into, you walked into once is the first thing you saw right there. She's a trooper because she was there. Well, I mean, not every night, but she had someone at the table every night. Uh-huh. I do want to get into that. But first... Um, I want to thank you guys for for doing this. I know you're you're doing a big press thing right now for the event you have coming up on Saturday night at House of Blues, mm-hmm. and that's to benefit Calling All Crows. Yes, correct. That's the reason why you're. Well, I mean, you're both from around here. You both settle here now, or you? Yeah, yeah, we live together actually. And, uh, <laughs> oh, look at that in the Boston area. It's so, uh, so unique. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, so we actually we actually spend a, right spend a lot of time together, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we live in Milton. And Milton, not too far. And you're from Worcester. From Worcester, yeah. All right, but you live in Cambridge now. In Cambridge, gotcha. yeah. keeping it local. Yes, definitely. Yeah, that's good. And as <laughs> a funny, because I watched your your documentary, The Last Dispatch. Yeah. Right. And I saw a very young Adam Klein in it, which was very interesting. When you're yeah. watching a movie, all of a sudden you're like, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just very briefly, right before the the crush of 150,000 people came in, and you know, a little more. Well, I don't know if you had more hair, but you certainly had browner hair. <laughs> Throwing shade about the hair so early. It's okay. I don't mind. You guys can make fun of my bald head anytime you want. I have no problem with that. Um, but uh, I really enjoyed the the piece. And I know it, was, it must seem like a, a, a century ago. It it does in some ways. Yeah. The main thing I heard when I first heard of Dispatch, I was in 2004. Wasn't that yep. when that happened? Dalton, he's your manager now, right? Yep. So I started hearing about Dispatch more and more. It is one of the things that I've heard about you guys. It's it's that the greatest band no one's ever heard of. Yeah. That's 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 like the line you keep on seeing. Yeah. Like yeah. Keep yeah. on seeing. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that's that's something that, that came up. It's like I, I was. I heard about them. I didn't really know, yeah. and I was just—I was just kind of—I was aged out of it a little we, bit. I think that's what it was for a long time. If you were even a year older than us, or two years older than us, you'd never heard. But because we had this kind of groundswell of high schoolers and college kids, you know that, and we because we were barely out of high school when we were playing, so it, it really started. Right. But we weren't playing to young professionals or anything. We were mm-hmm. playing to kids our age or younger, so if you were older than us, it, the boat kind of <laughs> the boat moves on. Yeah, I was listening a lot in high school, like feeling very cool listening in my church parking lot in my like 93 Toyota Corolla. Nice. And uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> you remember the car and everything. Yeah, it was an important moment. It, it is an important moment. <laughs> so you're, you've got the benefit at the House of Blues this week, and that's with your band The Pintos, right? Yes. And you just have, you've got a new album out. Yeah. I was listening to it this week. I love it. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. All the Pintos are now in my 2004 van driving up <laughs> oh. from Nashville. Wimpy? This is Wimpy's predecessor. Uh, okay. Uh, Hezekiah Butterworth. Hezekiah Butterworth. Yeah. Hezekiah Butterworth. Yeah. yeah. You have to explain that one. Where does that, where does Hezekiah come from? I think that name, we were, we were trying to figure out what to name the van and that there was an NPR article with Hezekiah. It was something that was on 
90.9 here in Boston, and it was they were talking about some some fella named Hezekiah Butterworth. It yeah. seemed to make sense at the time. I like it. Let's talk about Calling All Crows, because I think it's an amazing organization. There's a bunch of things I want to talk about. Certainly, you've said these kind of things before, but maybe you can kind of talk about the, the genesis of this idea. Well, we started Calling All Crows about 12 years ago. Uh, one night at the Brattle Theater, we gathered a bunch of family and friends and fans and Chad did a show, an acoustic show, and we announced um, sort of the beginning of Calling All Crows. And we had been really involved with social activism leading up to the start of Calling All Crows, but we were on the road working in the music industry, and we were sort of inundated by different opportunities. We quickly realized that it made sense to focus our efforts. And we, as a team and as partners years ago determined that focusing on women's issues was just absolutely crucial for a whole variety of reasons and felt really important to us as men, women, Americans, uh, citizens of the earth, citizens of the earth, and felt like if we focused our efforts on women's issues, uh, we would stay very busy. And, And we have, and it's been an incredible journey of learning how to manage a nonprofit. Um, we've had wonderful, wonderful people working with us. And it's given us the freedom to sort of focus on social issues that we feel really strongly about with this machine that has been built basically by music fans and volunteers. Whether it's focusing on women refugees in Sudan or women in Afghanistan affected by d- domestic violence or how um, gay rights is affecting women in the US. It's just been an incredible education for us and we've learned along the way with music fans um, at pre-show projects or activism opportunities, also through our partnerships with organizations that we link with um, for these different campaigns. And it's also helped us integrate ourselves in a different way with the music industry as sort of activists and Almost you know like liaisons yeah. for for our here for the music campaign which is just for the last couple of years it's been adopted by big promotion companies and a bunch of other bands and tons of festivals and yeah. that's been really interesting is sort of honing in on this industry that we work in uh, with a campaign within calling all crows because we usually do two-year-long campaigns so we feel like we can really dig into something but not tire the fan base or musicians or artists in general on an issue. And we're at the tail end right now of Here for the Music campaign. I wanted to ask a little bit about that in relation to scope. When you're working on a a challenge like helping women refugees versus helping women, so the Here for the Music campaign is about helping women feel safe at concerts and at festivals, right? Yeah, people in general, but it's, yeah. it's proven to be mostly women, yes. I feel like that kind of a campaign is something where if you're encountering people at a show, for example, uh-huh. it's it's so directly applicable to their lives. They really feel it. They can see it. Yeah. And it has kind of that tighter focus, or yeah. not, not tighter focus, but maybe a smaller, more local scope. More tangible. More for, tangible. For local for, people. Yeah, but I'm wondering, basically, from the moment that you started Calling All Crows to now, has your approach toward the mission for each two-year chunk and the way that you think about kind of scope and, and locality changed at all? Well, it's interesting. The people who work with us at Calling All Crows probably find this very annoying, but at the end of a two-year campaign, we basically come to them and we say, this is what we want to focus on. And in their eyes, there's probably no rhyme or reason to it, but <laughs> it just happens to be what we feel strongly about at the time and what we really want to tackle. So there's no science to it. 
Yeah. I would say that with Trump as president, it would be hard for us to not be domestically mm. concerned. Mm. Yeah, and engaged <laughs> so, right now. Yeah. yeah, so this is a, it'd be really hard for us not to be focusing on this country for the next couple of years. And I, I feel like it was like that with our push for gay marriage and, and, uh, here, for and here for the music. Yeah. I think so we're gonna continue, continue to look to not go overseas with our campaigns. Yeah, we're about to launch our next campaign. That's January, really interesting. So. What's that next campaign? We're announcing it this weekend. Oh, okay. So oh it's, my God. we're still sort of sculpting it and um, we have some final uh, details to figure out. But, All right, well, you don't want to spoil the surprise. But it is domestic, it is Top domestic. Secret. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Kim well, will kill me if I say anything about it because it's not finely tuned yet. Well, you know, it's true. It's like with, with Trump in office, um, you, know, one of the, you know, one of the things, when I first started this podcast, I swore to God we're not going to get political. But it's impossible. You yeah. cannot not get political. So I gave up on being, being political. Yeah. And uh, I'm a liberal snowflake, so it's all good. But, you know, he brings up basically a new social terribleness in, in America these days. That it's like you've got a full bag of things to pull from. Yeah. With with this, and it's a terrible thing, but it's not like these things didn't exist before. So it really kind of gives you a uh, a platform every time he says something or yeah. something happens. Now, it's like, well, we don't have to think about it too hard. This is a real. This is really our next step. I would imagine yeah. that can be a blessing in disguise, I guess, to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. Things are very obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah upside he's, down. He's encouraging social responsibility from. All of us. I mean, it's he's like forcing us to look at these issues, and for all of the disturbing things that have happened in the last two or three years, I think it's brought some really important stuff to the forefront. And you know, like with the Me Too movement, even mm -hmm. you know, I know so many women who are so triggered by Donald Trump. You know, seeing him, listening to him, it encouraged. You know, it forced us into this onto this path of looking at our own industry and how that type of power dynamic is affecting people. So it's been very, it's been really fascinating to watch, you know, so many things unfold over the last couple of years. Yeah. It really has. Yeah, the level of engagement locally in the, like, in the music industry in terms of social consciousness has really escalated in the past several years. I volunteer as um, the chapter chair for the Boston Chapter of Women in Music Boston, which is a nonprofit with chapters kind of all over the globe. Really, it just started in Boston five years ago, but just in the past couple of years, the number of people who have come to us and said, like, I'm interested, let's yeah. make this into something has really gone up and it's you can yeah. really see that kind of silver lining yeah. through it all yeah i hope so yeah and you know the, the other thing is it does kind of throw the light back at yourself <laughs> where you think mm. I, what am i doing or what have i done in the past that i you know i should be ashamed of totally. or like yes. I, you know it's like god this is i mean certainly we live in a pc universe now and i to be honest i think it's a it's all the better that we are yeah. that we're as pc as we can be but it's it's one of those things where you know, before you start pointing fingers, you're like, what am I doing? What, what am I involved in right now? Who am I hanging out with that, that axis way? Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's a very, it's a, it's a mirror back upon yourself, I think. Which yeah, is and we all contribute to it. You know, it's, it's really interesting. We have had just so many interesting conversations over the last two years within this campaign. We, we travel with people who we're very close with, who basically you live with when you're on the road. We can be really raunchy we can we're very, we're sexual people all of us you know like like most people you know so it's been this very interesting journey sort of figuring out how do you live and work with people while remaining appropriate but 
also being free, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, an, in a way that's healthy. So it has led to a lot of hard and interesting conversations and, you know, just evaluating our own part in this and how we can be healthy sort of sexual beings but also appropriate and um, respectful and respectful yeah. we are um not preaching to anybody about you know we we're looking at ourselves as well i appreciate you saying yeah, that Chuck. yeah it's and that complicit how we in past years we've been complicit in not calling someone out mm-hmm. or or celebrating a certain behavior uh, yeah mm-hmm. so it, it does Which we see a lot in this industry it's everywhere yeah, it's all over the place is political and politically engaged. Would you say that your writing, how would you say it's impacted by your work with Calling All Crows? I feel like when I listen to your songs, they touch on so many different topics. Like, do you feel like when you're working on a particular campaign, those thoughts kind of affect your writing in a particular way? Yeah, the cool thing about Calling All Crows is that it gives, because of the activism the service we do, it gives me hands-on experience, whether it's at Pine Ridge in South Dakota at the... Native American Reservation, or if we are talking to uh, survivors of harassment or sexual assault uh, with the here for the music campaign. So it, you know, when you have those those real experiences, I, I, I pick up a lot of stuff from reading too, or or or, or kind of listening to people's stories and or stories that they know that they're telling. You know, it's but to nothing is really as as acute as those hands-on experiences in Calling All Crows because it's it's woven into the fabric of our touring and life on the road. Yeah, so I, I get to have those experiences. I went to a Roger Waters concert a couple years ago at the Garden, and have you, did you see what he did last time? It's like Trump's head and a pig and floating around. It's like all these anti-Trump. He is not, he is not afraid. He is not it's afraid. so inspiring. <laughs> and, it's great. But the, here's the funny thing. It's like, if you know Roger Waters at all, if you're a fan of his, you know he's political. If you don't think he's political, then you have no idea who, who he is. Who he is, yeah. Um, and people were complaining about, like, I just wish you would shut up and sing and do a lot. And I've heard you gotten that a little bit, too, which I don't understand anybody who could like your music, or like music in general, but I guess it depends on what kind of music you listen to, who can be a shut up and sing person. I don't get it at all. And I don't know, I don't know if anyone can explain it. But Well, from my experience... People like music. They like the beat, or they like the tune, and they often it doesn't go. It doesn't go further than that. So you don't get into the lyrics, you know. And I, I'm guilty of that too. Not that it's a bad thing, because I think we all connect with music is is immediate, you know. But sometimes the words they come later, you know. And then right. and that's what's so great about like Rage Against the Machine for me, you know. I would love the song, and then I'd be like, well, what is Zach? What's what's he talking about here? And then the and then my connection with the song would just go to the next level, and I'd be over the moon about it. But I think there are a lot of people out there who are just, you know, maybe especially with 
dispatch is they want to go party or hang out and just like smoke weed outside and listen to music, you know, and, and maybe they're not all that engaged, but, uh, so I think that's that's where it comes from. But you can but you can do both. You can ignore the lyrics and like just, I mean, there's plenty of songs out there that are happy, fun songs that still have a message and you yeah. don't get all worked up about it unless yeah. they're talking about Nazis or something, which doesn't yeah. happen very often. I don't know. I, I I I mean, I hear I hear what you're saying, but uh, I don't know. I don't like those people. I think also people. <laughs> I think people are more reactive, not so much when they hear songs, but when there's additional, mm. uh, you know, mm. like when they see a music video attached to a song or when. Yeah, yeah. When someone, an artist, says something from the stage, yeah. or to me, that's when you start to really get reactions. It's yeah. less yeah. from the songs, in my opinion. But some of the some of the campaigns we've, you know, we looked at gun violence and like how women are affected by gun violence in the U.S. The feedback was terrifying. Oh. I mean, it is just the feedback around gun issues is yeah. especially when it comes to. Like for us, we were focusing on how women are affected by gun issues, and it is so clear statistically what a problem this is for women and how dangerous guns are for women in this country. And you would think some of the stuff that people would say on social media or in person is just terrifying. Yeah, that, that's usually the most polarizing yeah. topic that we come across. Or another topic is addressing white male power. That's yeah. been a very polarizing topic as well which you know, is something that we've had to call out in this industry and what we see in other industries, but I think it's a very sensitive subject and one that we're trying to understand ourselves and talk about and learn about. What's it gonna take? How many bones do we have to bury? How many hearts have got to hurt? a little bit about language in your work I feel like more and more certain words like PC versus socially conscious or Mm -hmm. you know like there are certain words that are just very coded Mm -hmm. for political beliefs or for identity really Mm -hmm. like social identity Mm -hmm. if you think about that in your advocacy work or in your music I mean obviously you're thinking about lyrics all the time yeah how do the kind of like hot terms of the moment come into your work and, and impact the way you interact with your volunteers and your audience? Yeah. Well, when we were talking about gun reform, you know, we were really about gun safety, you know, with the, we were like focus on that kind of places where we could all meet. And we thought like, well, this is how can anyone not be in favor of gun safety, whether you own guns or not? I feel like even Me Too movement, even Me Too has is like tinged with you know I, yeah. I'll mention that to other you know, other males in the in other bands or whatever, and it, 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 there's a slight kind of aversion to that. And the word feminist, like we don't shy from that at all. I'm so proud if anyone was to call me a feminist, I'd be like, hell yeah. We try not to shy away from anything, but we also want to be effective, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lyrically, I think it's Billy Bragg said it. You can say a lot in a song without it <laughs> that you can say you can't say straight up. I'm not too worried, and I feel like if people disagree, 
you know, I'm open to the to the dialogue that mm-hmm. that may ensue. Yeah, that's something I really admire about Chad is divisive issues don't stop him. You know, he just sort of sticks with what he believes in and is so well informed and makes sure that he is before he advocates for something and then doesn't really care how popular it is or unpopular. Well, that can be the trick, right? You can get in an argument with someone who's just really good at arguing yeah. that they can almost talk you out of it if, yeah, if you yeah. weren't so I'm not so more, good at that if you weren't so <laughs> morally sure of your compass yeah. right so you know I, I don't get into arguments they're probably smarter than me they can probably talk rings around me and, I, and I'll probably <laughs> somehow lose the conversation so I'm not even going to try, oh, try and do it, yeah. it so yeah. you know the key to winning an argument is just volume and eye contact yeah just yelling louder <laughs> yeah confidence that's yeah. good that's good advice <laughs> Just to kind of finish up on the on the training part of what you do, mm-hmm. you don't you not only are training the people who go to concerts, but you're also training venues. Mm-hmm. Is it well? What else are you? Who else are you training? So in within here for the music campaign, we have over the last two years trained thousands of music fans on how to be active bystanders and. Um, music venues and their staff, large promotion companies, festivals. We've been to dozens of festivals and have worked to train their on-the-ground staff to deal with these scenarios and how to be active bystanders. Um, Because what we've found is in this culture, in, in the music industry, people are just turning away. They're turning away when they say these things. You know, at Bonnaroo, we did a survey where over 85% of women claim that they have been assaulted in some form at a live music experience. So we've just tried to hit as many outlets as possible within this industry over the last two years, trying to bring this to the forefront. And it's anything from like someone being groped at a concert to the power dynamic at a record label between men and women. So it the cor- has been even the corporate fascinating. World there, it has yeah. been a fa- yes, yeah, and it's just been a fascinating experience and a humbling one and we have learned a ton and it's felt really good to focus on this industry. How did you pull together so the the curriculum? How did you, did you who did you talk to to pull together how to do these things? So Kim Warnick, our executive director is like a guru in this area. Huh. So she um, works for the Boston Rape Crisis Center and this is a curriculum that was pulled together by many very well-versed people and and we use that to train people and we don't train sometimes people think we train like the whole audience at a show mm. but for the listeners out there so we <laughs> don't worry you won't have to sit down on Saturday night <laughs> we do so we we collect as a group you know a few hours before doors mm-hmm. and uh people sign up and and sometimes it's a mixture of staff and Music fans team. yeah would you say a lot of men have participated yeah. Yeah. Has the ratio been encouraging? Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. That's part of the part of the benefits of, of music being the gateway mm. for this because I we may have m- more men in the audience slightly than women. That's probably reflected in the the volunteers. Well, you know, it's interesting because there's such an opportunity for musicians. I would think that in more cases than any other kind of I don't know, entertainment, I guess, but it's an opportunity for if a musician has some sort of cause, it puts such an amazing spotlight on that cause because of how many people they can reach. And I think yeah. more than any more than any other kind of medium, it really can have more of an effect. It seems to be more an emotional attachment when the music that they're listening to and the musicians that they love have some sort of charity that they that they have a personal uh, relationship with. Definitely. That's why we started Calling All Crows, because we saw what incredible vehicle this was for change and for social awareness and 
I mean, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. And I worked in nonprofits for a number of years before we started this. It's just so effective when it's done right. Can I ask, are you also a musician? No. Okay. Not even close. <laughs> you are a... I love to sing, though. You are a designer. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Sir Tank. Sir Tank. Yep, Sir yeah. Tank Design. Sir yeah. Tank Design. And that's named after your dog. Yeah, uh, one, you're, of you're one, uh, one of who, them. One of them. One of who passed, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 Tank. He looked like a tank. Yeah. He did, he did. But he didn't appreciate the name. That's why he communicated to the... Uh, oh, sir? That's what he He would prefer tanker or sir tank. Sir tank. Which, I love animals, but I, I can't hear their words or talk to them like this... We have some friends who actually can talk to animals, and this was conveyed to us. Hey. <laughs> I listen to my dog, too, if I had one. Uh, there are other couple causes that, that Dispatch and that you have both um, been a part of. There's the Elias Fund, there's mm-hmm. Amplifying Education, and the Relief Project. Oh, actually, you know, before that, I do want to talk about the state radio video that you did for calling all crows. Mm-hmm. And where were, She's in it, and she hates. You were in it. She oh, God, hates I hate cameras. cameras. <laughs> well, it's um. This is a really funny. She likes story. radio. She likes podcasts. Just no cameras. <laughs> That's why last night when we went to GBH, we, we were pulling in. She's like, "Wait, is this TV?" And I was like, "No, no." no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like cameras, but um, yeah, we 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 said to our friend Andrew Mudge, who he's he's a Bostonian. He's, he's an amazing, amazing filmmaker and director. He also directed Nights of Bostonia. Uh, Another, Another state, state radio, radio song. song. Uh, okay. We had this idea for this video, and we called Andrew and we said, "Listen, we are trying. I think the album was being released. We needed a video quickly." We said, "Andrew, we <laughs> need this video done, and uh, we're wondering if you would be willing to leave in nine days to travel around the world." Yeah. And he said, "Great." We said, "We, wow. have, we said something like we have four thousand dollars. <laughs> we need you to." fly around the globe, stopping in different places, connect with production companies in Brazil, South Africa, India. Yeah, Yeah. he wasn't just going to like Germany, England, France. He was going to South Africa. He was going to, I mean, he He, looked like he was everywhere. He was the perfect, the perfect guy. He's an amazing director and an old friend. Of, of ours since I was since we were babies and he had a lead time of nine days yes yeah oh it was my amazing. god so he did the and first one in New off. York we went down to New York right? I think the or last, was that the one, last was one was in New York yeah yeah I think he went to Brazil first and yeah and he sort of pulled the idea together for that video and it, it's so nice that he's tied to that video because we love him and he's such a dear friend but it also it just felt like a great representation of the song yeah. and sort of the beginning of our organization mm. and and something we were really proud of anyways yeah. it was fantastic fantastic video cool thanks. but um but for the you had those other three and then you also have the the um i may be butchering the the name of this the, the lazy award oh yeah, yeah. Is that, is that something you still give, give out? Yeah, we give it every year. It, um, can you talk about that? It's, yes. The Lazy Award is named after my mom, who yes. is this just incredible woman. She's, she's not on this earth anymore. But we give that award in her honor because she was just, she, she had this incredible spirit and she so encouraged service in people. And she was so great at celebrating people. It was her greatest quality. So every year we give the Lazy Award to someone who is really invested in the work that we're do- doing within that campaign for the time and, and for that year. And it's been really fun to sort of figure out each year who that award is going to and to think of her sort of watching from afar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it, is it yeah. coming up, the, new, the next one? Or yeah, we yeah. give it on Saturday night. You give it on Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. So right. what's cool. going down on Saturday night? 
I know it's the benefit. I know there will be special guests. There will be music. You'll yeah. like, announce the next campaign. Yeah, so we announce the next campaign on Saturday night. It's a way for us to celebrate a year of service for Calling All Crows, the reception ahead of time. But then it's just a night of awesome music. And Chadwick Stokes and the Pintos have a new album out, and they've been out on the road. And their show is just so awesome right now. The album um, is it, really The album's amazing, great. and the show yeah. is incredible. Nice. So the opener Cat Wright is, Cat Wright. is opening her and yeah. her band. Oh, Cat Wright. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Her band is incredible. Your name is so rock and roll. It's it's freaking great. My, I wish my name was Chad Stokes. It's very Chadwick Stokes. <laughs> I you know I met Steven Tyler once, and that's that's he kind of said that in a in a manner of words. He because I I know Carly Simon. She sung on the some of the solo records or whatever. Oh. And I saw the two of them. The two of them were together. This is on Martha's Vineyard, and they they looked like twins. Yeah. They both have these wide brim hats. Yeah. Giant. I can see that. Giant beautiful mouths. Um, <laughs> And uh, he said, and she introduced me to him, and uh, he he goes, Chad Stokes, cool name. <laughs> and I was, I was like, okay, I'm done. I, I, I can go. I can hang it up now. That's awesome. It is great when a band member out of the, you know, the main band, Dispatch, has other projects. How do you? They actually, I think it said that your your more political band is State Radio. Yeah. And I remember seeing in the documentary that there was like. There was like a lyric that someone had a problem with, and there was like some argument about T-shirt, that. T-shirt, yeah. Was it, a, was it a, a way for you to take maybe what you wanted to have in the lyric out of Dispatch because it maybe were making the other guys uncomfortable or just to kind of make it so like, well, I really need to, I want to have my own words yeah. be, my, be my own project? Or how, how did that come yeah, about? Yeah, I, I guess I felt a little censored in that band at that time. Yeah, I, I don't that's any, a long time. I don't anymore too, because yeah. they've come around. At that time, yeah, I that I really uh, I hated feeling like we weren't using the platform responsibly, mm. and I, I was kind of like, why even do it if we can't say this or 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 stand for something that I felt was important? It was a reason why, you know, we broke up at that time. One of the reasons. One of the reasons, yeah. But you got back together. Yeah, yeah, and we kind of like slowly, you know, started, you know, one show here let four years pass do another show let another four years pass you know we got kind of grew up and yeah i had totally forgotten this until just now it was one of the reunion shows it was at the td garden in like yeah right? 2011 yeah. yeah yeah just quick story yeah, i was we, in we new york time. that summer and really wanted to go to that show with two friends and took the, the bus ride from hell from new york mm-hmm. to go to that show yeah it was like an eight hour bus ride we're pulling oh. into South Station. I've got my bag on. I run. I, like, go in. And a police officer is like, hey, 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 you can't bring a backpack into this concert. Oh, and I was like, you don't understand. I could, like, hear the music. I was like, I need to get in there. And the police officer looks at me, and he's like, oh, God. All right. And he goes, he's like, come with me. No way. And he takes me to his cruiser, puts my bags and all of my stuff in his car, and was like, here's my cell number. Just call me when you're out. Wow. We'll link up. You can come get your stuff. And I like went in. I only missed four songs. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'm impressed. Nicest yes. police officer. Yeah. yeah, I had completely forgotten that until right now. That's I don't cool. think he would have done that for me. <laughs> You're right. I I'm, looked, sure. I'm sure I looked really panicked. I was like, <laughs> I must get in. Yeah, I don't know if that would happen to me, but good for you. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Are the kids musical? They're getting there. Yeah. We're, we're not really Some forcing it too much. Yeah. How old are they? Some piano. Uh, seven, six, two. Yeah, it's piano mostly. Cool. Good. Yeah. yeah. That's the only thing I forced my kids to do. Really? Yeah. Do they play? Uh, we let my older daughter play until like 
I can't remember when we, when we let her stop. Um, but my younger daughter, she's still taking it. Yeah. And, uh, cool. It's the only thing. I mean, yeah. I tried to get him to read. I can't get him to read. But we can't force him to go to piano lessons. And they, they have no choice. They have to learn. So yeah. there you go. And I think I, that's, that's a great we're thing. We're forcing our kids to play piano and to play hockey. Whoa, whoa, and whoa. hockey. Oh, hold on, hold on. We, we are not forcing <laughs> well, our kids to play hockey. This is okay, I am. Chad's, <laughs> Chad's hockey. the hockey. Ice hockey. The hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's we, the, oh, actually, it's the only thing. <laughs> it's the only uh, thing. The piano is optional. Everything's optional. Oh they gosh. wanted to do it. Ice hockey is the one thing that's mandatory. I didn't know when we moved to the town that we're living in now that it's like hockey diehard town. You know, it's... It's very exciting. <laughs> Wait a I guess this is the Wait end of the show. <laughs> it's very, no, it's fine, Chris. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna pull it together now. Um, what are you guys? What are you guys doing next? What's going on next after after Saturday? Take a little vacation. Oh, back on I, yeah. The Pintos and I head out. Head out west. Oh, such a good tour. song. Oh, Love yeah. this song. Here we it's go. Classic. George Michael. I'm jumping on my bed with all I'm, not, I'm not sure we're going to get the rights to this for the, th- for the show. <laughs> yeah, but I don't have Spotify business. Oh, well, you know, I didn't even hear don't it. Don't admit that. Oh, that's on right. The microphone. <laughs> well, oh, we just got it. Just they'll got overlook it. it. They'll overlook it. No, I, I edit these down. All right, don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, sorry, go ahead. What are you, so what are you doing? Uh, Ch- Pinto's heading back out on the road in January, and Chad's recording in February for a um, new album. For new Dispatch album. Dispatch, and yeah. oh, cool. hanging with kids, working, just enjoying our days. Big big tour, Dispatch tour coming up this summer. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Where Are you going to play, uh, play somewhere big in Boston? I, I'd like to play on one of the uh, Boston Harbor Islands. Mm. Ah, interesting. Cool. Do they ever, have they done that? They, they have, they've, maybe a little bit, Adam. It would be kind of hard to get out there yeah but it would be, tough. It would be a thing you know yeah, it would be a thing yeah so you're not tour, you hung up your tour manager hat no 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 i haven't tour managed in years yeah, okay in years. Uh, yeah, yeah since we started calling all crows i tour managed during the state radio days but n- not since then they don't want me tour managing <laughs> trust me well, maybe chad but <laughs> i'm not organized enough maybe the seven no, year she's old a, she was yeah. amazing <laughs> tour manager <laughs> i bet well, thank awesome. you very much for thank doing you. Well, Are you going to play us a couple songs? You think you do? Oh, yeah, I'm happy to. That'll be awesome. And then we're going to have some uh, good food. And Thanks very much. Thank you so yeah, much thanks for, so much for having us. us. Thanks yeah. for the interest. Yeah. yeah. All right. Do you have a request off the album? Yeah, I liked, I'm going to forget the name of it now, but it's the second track. Chaska? Chaska, maybe? Yeah. Could do that one. I'll do that one and call it all crows. We'll start with Chaska. In the back of the heart of Blue Earth County Many, many years ago I stood in the cold next to my mother And 38 men blindfold And as the natives took their place Singing their death song The prison chaplain called their names But he got one of the names wrong Now I with this notion that the world does a good man will I seen all around me a man do hateful things and he's still walking around you see while the good one's gone some say there was no Some say they wanted that man to be hung For falling in love with a white woman And caring for her infant son 
And when he was first captured, she cried, Don't take him, you don't know. If not for you, my bones will be bleaching on a prairie. My children will little crow. And the drums, they quieted the crowd And the men wailed and danced on a trap door gallows And yelled each other's names so loud And when I heard their name, they yelled I'm here, I'm here And they yelled out their fellow man's name For the heavens to hear And the clergyman spoke on about Christ and how he died And the axe was lifted high Get up, girl, and let them know you're free. 
thank Chadwick and Sybil for all their great work and for joining us to talk. If you want to get a ticket to their December 21st show, go to livenation.com. To learn more about Calling All Crows, go to callingallcrows.org. A special thanks to my co-host, Christina Latino. Christina is the founder of Cornerscape, an independent artist management and music events company based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Cornerscape is all about connecting people with great music. They do this by focusing on three areas, artist management, live music events, and their music and arts curation service. They believe that music can forge deep, powerful connections between people, that music brings joy, and that artists deserve careers that fulfill them both professionally and personally. To learn more about Christina and her work, at Cornerscape, go to cornerscape.com. Finally, we'd like to thank Kristen Canty, owner of Woods Hill Pier 4, located at 300 Pier 4 Boulevard in Boston, Massachusetts. Get more information at 617-981-4577 or at woodshillpier4.com. Go to AboveTheBasement.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, listen and subscribe to our podcast, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, and look at all the nice pictures we post on Instagram. We are everywhere. From all of us at Above the Basement, thanks for listening. Tell your friends and remember, Boston music, like its history, is unique.